White Rocket Entertainment. White Rocket Entertainment, podcast number 538. Hello and welcome to a special episode of On Her Majesty's Secret Podcast. Today we're going to do a little bit of an in-house book review. I say in-house because everybody on this episode, you've heard on other episodes because, hey, we all work here at On Her Majesty's Secret Podcast headquarters. We're going to be talking about the new book that has just come out. It's the James Bond Lexicon. And it is by Alan and Jillian Porter. They are here with us. And, and we have the publisher and the founder of Honor Manage's Secret Podcast with us is Mr. Van Allen Plexico. So first, let's just say hi to Alan and Jillian. Hello, Alan. Hello, Jillian. Hi, Jared. Hi, Van. Hello. It's fun to be on here as a guest, I guess. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> Give it time. And our founder and the publisher of the James Bond Lexicon, Van Allen Plexico, welcome to your very own program, sir. <laughs> hello, hello. Very, very happy to be here to talk about something so cool. It is cool. It is cool. And what I want to start with is just in case people are unfamiliar with the James Bond Lexicon, I would like to hear what it is in the words of one of the two creators. So I'm looking at Alan, I'm looking at Jillian. Who wants to describe the book first? She's pointing at you. She's pointing at you, Alan. (laughs) Don't we have a really cool book trailer that tells us what the book is about? We do. And you know what, Alan? Let's play that right now. Three hundred thousand words. Five thousand individual entries. Four hundred fifty-three pages. Two hundred seventy-one stories covered. Eighty original illustrations. It all adds up to one book. The James Bond Lexicon. The unofficial guide to the worlds of James Bond in movies, novels, TV, and comics by Alan J. Porter and Jillian J. Porter. Now available from White Rocket Books and via your favorite online bookstore. For more information, visit the companion website at jamesbondlexicon.online or follow us on Twitter at bondlexicon. Okay, we're back from the trailer. What do you want to add to that, buddy? <laughs> I can't do it in anywhere near as good as a voice, that voice. So thank you, Jared, for finding uh, – I'm going to – was it Peter? The, Let's the, see. That was Jeff from Jeff, Jeff and Rick. That Jeff was close. Rick. Peter, Jeff, that was close. Similar amount uh, of letters. There's E's yeah, involved. Yeah, yeah. there was an E in there. Yeah. Yes, Jeff from Jeff and Rick Present provided the voice for that. They have a podcast called Unpacking the Power of Power Pack, if you fell in love with his sultry voice. But, Alan, what do you think, man? Um, yeah, it is, I was going to say 10 years of effort, but it's not, it's like six years of effort spread over 10 years, um, <laughs> of this crazy idea that we had back, um, in May 2001, um, to put together a lexicon or a dictionary, uh, for those, um, people, particularly one reviewer on Amazon who doesn't know what the word lexicon means. Um, a lexicon <laughs> is a dictionary of, uh, a one specific topic so this is a dictionary of the uh, fictional worlds of james bond this is not about the actors and the directors on all, all the folks who make the movies this is actually a dictionary of the fictional worlds of james bond mm-hmm. um, so everything you wanted to know about the world that bond inhabits in movies tv comics and novels as was excellently said in the in the trailer so it is literally five thousand entries of all the geeky stuff that you ever wanted to know about the fictional worlds of james bond i love it i love it. it's an in-depth dive to James Bond's own world, not our world as it relates to Bond, but his own world. And I think that's kind of fascinating. Now, Van, published this book. How did you and Alan link up on this? Well, Alan can speak more to his side of it, obviously, but I think he had encountered issues with the previous publisher, right? And so 
he was kind of looking for a another alternate way to go about it. If you mean by issue that one of the co-publishers of the company died and his business partner decided to mothball the company, yeah, that's a good way of describing it. <laughs> Those are mild yeah, issues. That's kind, kind of what I was getting at. Yeah, <laughs> certainly. So, uh, so yeah, at that point we we had a almost complete manuscript, and uh, suddenly we had no publisher. And Van Van and I were talking, and he he was very uh, kind to offer to step in and and publish the book. Yeah. Which, I mean, you've been editing it for quite a while, right? Proofreading it, yep. getting all the interior right and everything. And, uh, and it was a matter of just getting into, the, uh, getting into the White Rocket stable with all of our other authors and books and everything out there. We've got a ton of stuff. I mean, you know, I, it, the, the book side gets overlooked sometime on the podcast side because we've got so many podcast shows. But White Rocket's got quite a lot of books from probably two dozen different authors out there right now. Uh, various, uh, including a lot of folks that are on the podcast. You've done a cover, Jared, you know, for mm-hmm. at least one of the books we've got comics and stuff and uh over the years you know a lot of a lot of different things so we're not one of the two big uh new pulp publishers but we're in the ballpark with them and it's and and we do a lot more non-fiction than they do than than like airship or, or pro say or anybody uh we've done two books on the avengers we've done uh a, you know the the dragon con trivia book full of questions we've done uh several football related books so there's a lot of non-fiction guidebooks and analytical books that we've done. So this was a really good fit, I thought, because we have a you guys already as part of the family. We do books like that already. And so it just seemed like a really good, really good match. And yeah, it's been great. I'm really pleased to be part of the White Rocket family. Excellent. Excellent. So going back to sort of the nuts and bolts of making this lexicon over 10 years slash six years, however, however you want to look at it. <laughs> I, I, I want to ask Jillian, what was that journey like for you? You know, maybe, maybe a two part question, sort of in the broader scope of what that journey was like. And then what was more of the day to day nuts and bolts of working on it? Like if you wouldn't mind kind of giving us that insight. Well, the journey part seemed quite exciting at the beginning. And we were like rather foolish to think that it would only take about a year or so. Um, and then when we realized just how long and how much there was out there, there was a point of wanting to run away and hide <laughs> because it was going to be so much more work than we'd ever anticipated. Um, and there were small things like with the, the previous publisher, they were like, oh, well, this should be changed from a dash to a colon. And we're like, I don't want to do that. That's not <laughs> on, work. on every entry, by the way. On every entry. <laughs> and you're like oh, and you should do this and you should do that. And it was like, that was a point where you're just like, I just, I'll just go and sit in a corner for a bit and think about it. <laughs> um, but, you know, there's software that does that kind of thing. And Alan did a lot of that because mm. he's nice. Um, what was the second part of the question? So what was more of a, a nuts and bolts, you nuts know, day bolts. to day? What was that like, you know, looking up references? You know, I would imagine like, what just sort of that sort of nuts and bolts of putting together entries. Right. What was that like? Um, well, I read the Gardner books and the young James Bond books and a lot of the comics and, and it was, and the Money Penny Diaries. And basically I read a book, just read it, read it, maybe marked, you know, on a page, oh, this guy or this, this action needs to be in there. And then you just go back through with a note, you know, a notebook and be like, okay, the story arc of this character is this, the story arc of this character or this uh, weapon or car, anything that was cool in it, uh, you'd make a note of it and then go away and try and write it up in a short enough manner that you get all the important details in there, but not so long people are going to be like, I don't want to read that. That's too long. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we'd get together after we'd both done a fair amount and we'd go through and edit each other's work and it would be like, I don't understand what this one is about. And one of us would be like, well, actually, like if reading some of the comics, you'd be like, I actually wasn't quite sure what was going on at this point. So it's hard. So you talk about it and explain it. And then you kind of narrow it down to what actually the post should be about. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was pretty much how we went about it because we worked kind of separately on parallel. And then we'd come together and do the editing and um then I might sulk for a bit with all the changes Alan wanted to make on the bits I'd done. And then I'd mm. get over myself and go away and make the changes so that it would be, you know, concise and cut out the waffle. Cause it's difficult when you've read something, 
you want to be like, oh, but that needs to be in there and that needs to be in there. And you have to think, no, no, it doesn't. It doesn't mm. pull the story forward. It doesn't matter what, you know, so-and-so did because all they did was bring a drink or, you know, stand in a corner. So it was it was an interesting process, and I'm not quite sure I want to do it again. <laughs> um, but no, it was very it was very interesting, and it does change the way you look at things and how you write. Okay, so uh, what I picked up from that too is that, that you focused heavily on Gardner, Hickson, mm -hmm. comic books. What's that leave for you, Alan? What were your What were your deep dives? <laughs> um, probably my deepest dive was James Bond Jr. Oh um, my goodness. <laughs> you <laughs> took to watch, the dive all the way I into James dive, yeah. uh, having to watch 65 episodes of that read all the comic books and the novelizations um, the Benson books the Fleming books the movies um, and some of the comics I did the Dynamite comics Jill did some of the old, older comics because I'd already done the older comics in the, doing the history of the illustrated 007 so I thought it was better if Jill did those because she came at it with a fresher eyes than I would have done. Um, but I did the dynamite comics um, and stuff like that. So it was actually a pretty even split uh, between the two of us. And just picking up on what Jill said, one of the hardest things in actually doing the entries, uh, and this is where it was great reading each other's stuff, was you know realizing that people are just going to flick through the book or look something up and read one entry mm -hmm. on its own. So that entry has to stand on its own. It has to be understandable on its own. It has to have context. Um, and when you're doing a lot of the notes, you tend to lose that context. So it was really good that we actually read across each other's stuff because then we could answer, well, you know, if we put in something like, you know, Bond does this on the mission, it's like, well, what mission? Why is he doing that? You know, you, we had to start putting in more and more contextual clues. Um, so really by the end of it, what you've got is not necessarily an Allen entry or a Jill entry. It's very much a, a melding of the, of the two. And a consistency throughout yeah. the whole thing so that you don't get that you could tell which one of us wrote each entry. Hopefully. Hopefully, yeah. Okay. One of the more interesting things that I think our listeners probably heard there, and I know I picked up on too, is this, this is very much a reference book. This is not a book you would read cover. Well, people like us might read a cover. <laughs> a normal person might not read cover to cover. So I guess that kind of puts the ball back in, in Van's court. Van, have you ever worked on or published a reference book like this before because this sounds like a first for white rocket so more of a reference material yeah there's there's one that's been in progress for probably even longer than their than the bond book i back in like oh eight started working on the sentinels reference like a list of all the characters and items and things that appeared right and um i don't i think he might have froze yeah <laughs> yeah so didn't, didn't use that but um but yeah, it uh, it was same thing, right? Yeah, you have to, uh, same thing I encountered is that they did is where you have to kind of make sure there's enough context in each thing, and and keep updating. And I was having to go through and read. And and I'll say another thing is that talking about not you know Jill, you said something about not wanting to do it again. Maybe if you you have to wait a certain amount of time, like we're um, in two years, we come up on well, in one year on when we wrote it and two years when we published it on the uh, the 10 year anniversary of one of our Auburn books that actually has a bunch of top 10 lists and greatest games and all that and, and player statistics and everything. And just now am I getting mentally to the point that I'm willing to go back and work on that again and do a 10 year update. If it had been two years ago, I'd have been like, Oh no, <laughs> you know, same thing. Like I, I had enough of that for a while, but no, I right. about after about nine, 10 years, you're like, yeah, it's time to go back. And, you know, you start thinking of it fondly again and you for, kind of forget all the, the pain, right. Of the, the, the labor pain, I guess. Of yeah. Bringing it the world. yeah. Yeah. We were actually talking about that this morning after breakfast. Um, cause we have the companion website, um, James Bond lexicon online, where we're putting in entries for new stuff that's come out since we, cause the mm -hmm. book goes up to the end of 2019. So we're putting any new entries. We've already got 40 new entries on there of, of stuff. Um, and we were, we were saying this morning, at, at, at what point does the volume of stuff on the updated website justify us maybe thinking about doing a, a second edition of the book? And I was like, well, I hope it's not at least for five years. Um, you know, I'm quite happy to keep the website going because that's on and off, you know, but um, as we've said on a couple of the other podcasts, even if you just add one entry to something like this, as Van will attest to, you know, if you've got to slip it into the alphabet, even if it's like a two sentence entry, it means you have to reformat the whole book. The whole book, yeah. Well, another uh, thing too, Alan, is you you don't want to 
you don't want to do it. You don't want to do a new one too soon because people that are spending their money on this one don't want to feel like they got ripped off. That well, there's a better exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Hence the companion website to keep it as a live project. Yeah. So, and that's what we want to do. We, we definitely. This is not a you know it's done and we're going to forget all about the lexicon stuff. This is really just the start of a live ongoing project. Yeah. So. Okay, going back into the lexicon, the one of the standout things about it is it has a lot of really gorgeous illustrations. And how did you find your illustrator who wasn't me? And I'll forgive you for that. Um, <laughs> but uh, how did you find your illustrator? How did that relationship come to be? I mean, that I believe it was a male. That dude drew a lot of drawings. <laughs> how that? How that work? Yeah. Um, so we talked about having a previous publisher. So our previous publisher, um, Hustleline Books, had actually already um, done a couple of. Uh, lexicons and they'd done a planet of the apes lexicon and a back to the future lexicon um and it was that that actually prompted me to think well it'd be cool to have a james bond one and i reached out to them and said would it be great to do a james bond one and they said yes um and pat i'm gonna sorry pat i'm gonna butcher your name again pat carabajal or carabajal i'm not quite sure which way it is but um i'd actually done the illustration work um and i was particularly impressed with what he did for the planet of the apes and I was like, can we get the same guy to do the Bond lexicon? Um, I didn't really know anything about Pat or, or, or knew him. And they were like, well, we'll ask him and see. Um, turns out he's a huge James Bond fan. Um, so we, we asked him basically originally, can you do, you know, a, an illustration for each each letter title page? Um, and maybe a couple of additional ones. So I was thinking we'd get at least 26, maybe 30 illustrations. Uh, we got 80. Um, <laughs> man. Um, wow. And we've tried to use as many as possible in uh, in the book um, as we've got as we put the book together because you're right it does amazing artwork and um, some of it just blew you know seeing some of it just come in was it just blew me away as as to how photorealistic some of it actually is um, yeah it's incredible I mean yeah no no doubt it looks great so. so I want to go back to Jillian for a second Jillian told us a lot about the frustrations involved. <laughs> <laughs> and, and entries and reformattings and edits and re-edits. Okay, so we know and we learned that from you mentioned that, Alan. Van mentioned that from when he worked on his book. Uh, let's look at the let's look at the positives and the highlights. What aside from that moment, because we all know that moment when you first get that published box shows up and you open it and you hold it for the first time. That's obviously the pinnacle. But aside from that, what was one of your very favorite things about doing the book? Happy memory. What you got, Joe? Hmm. Come on, there must be something that made you smile. <laughs> <laughs> At some point, you must have smiled about something. Oh, oh, yeah. Some of some of the 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 comics, the stories were just so nuts oh, that they were kind of fun to read and do. Um, we're looking at Serpent's Tooth. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, you've got a killer gorilla, you've got killer ferrets. I mean, you can't really go wrong with the story that's got killer ferrets. Um, <laughs> And they did add they did add a level of lightness to 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 doing it. I mean, I I didn't hate doing the book, but there were some times where you felt like, well, oh, we're never going to get there. We're never going to get there. But when you broke through, like you know, the first time we actually sat down to start editing it, and we, Alan had printed it all out, that was pretty magical too. Because you're like, it's the first time to see it all in one place and to start looking at it and going, yeah, we're getting there. This is going to happen. That was a really cool moment. That was very cool. And then, like, seeing seeing the photographs people are taking. Um, my best friend back in the UK, you know, she couldn't wait to buy her copy and sent us pictures and stuff. And that was just so nice that she bought it because she's not particularly big Bond fan, but she bought it because we wrote it. Um, and she was excited about getting it. So that that was nice. But I think, I think really seeing it when we had it in, what was it, three, a four? Big binders. Yeah. Yeah. Seeing it there and thinking, you know, we're getting to the stage where you could almost imagine it being a book. I think that was one of the best moments. Awesome. Awesome. Alan, same question. Obviously, seeing actually seeing fans cover for the first time was a huge moment. Because again, that was another step of this is actually going to become a real book. After all this time, it, it's going to be, you know, a real book. Fan did a great job on the on the cover design. So thank you for that. Um really love doing that. Um Seeing the internal page layouts from again from Arnold Bloomberg, who did the the page design, um, again it was like this is no longer just a Microsoft Word file, this is a book, 
Um, this is starting to look like a book. Um, and I know Jill hates the photograph on the back cover, but <laughs> get, getting to take the photograph of us at, uh, at Ian Fleming's desk at Goldeneye. Um, you know, That's that was, cool. That is cool, Alan. Goldeneye was cool anyway, but it was like to be at that point and then to be able to use it on the back cover of the book was was awesome. Um, so that was that was cool, yeah. And like Jill said, the uh, the readers' gallery. I love the readers' gallery. People sending us selfies of them with the book when they get the book is, is great. We've got a page on the website, a readers' gallery page on the website. So if anybody's listening and they have a copy of the book and they'd love to send us a selfie um, with the, with them holding the book up, we will happily add it to the readers' gallery page on the website. I'd love to see that. So you know, reach out to us through Twitter or the contact page on the website, and um, we'll be love to add you to the reader's gallery. So. Oh, I'm going to get added to that. The only reason I haven't gotten mine yet is because I'm waiting to see you so I can get an autograph copy. That's <laughs> literally the only reason. Because I got, you know, I've got a copy of like everything you've written and it's all autographed. I can't break the, break the trend. <laughs> Jared, I want to tell you the other thing about it. The, 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 moment, the, the moment for me <laughs> that made me so happy was when you try to put something out through Amazon, they, they are used to dealing with idiots. And so they are so particular about everything. And we had to go round and round with Amazon to satisfy all their little tiny requirements. I mean, it was fine. It was fine. But they're like, no, no, there's a millimeter on page 312 where it's, you know, there's one. Oh, yeah, there was that thing where we had two pixels of white space on World and Illustration that was going white over the border. Space. Yeah. <laughs> they objected to an illustration that crossed a dotted line and the illustration was blank. <laughs> and I'm just like pulling what's left of my hair out. That's the kind of thing you have to go through as a publisher is dealing with all this, like, and, and having to be the, the middleman between them saying this insanity and then going to Alan and, and Jill and going to, you know, the typesetter and everything and saying, well, no, they're still not happy. <laughs> And we're having to go like physically with microscopes and figure out exactly what's. So when we got that done and Amazon's like, yes, we'll, we will now sell this for you. I'm just like, Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's excellent insight. Cause I think a lot of people, listeners, you know, obviously the creation of the book which is what we're really talking to Alan and, and Jillian about is, is a heavy piece, but I think that's an overlooked piece that you just mentioned, man. Like the actual nuts and bolts of publishing a formatted book, especially through another service. With Madden. illustrations and multiple <laughs> columns. Yeah, I mean, ev everything that, you know, everything you add to it to make it a cooler package makes it more complicated for them to be happy with, you know, for, the, for, for Amazon and whoever else to... Uh, to be satisfied with. And so, yeah, there's a lot of hoops to jump through. There's no doubt about that, but we got, we got it, man. We, we got did. It. You did a sterling job there, man. Oh, you did. You did. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate, I appreciate it. No, I did. Uh, what, what was the name? The um, Arnold Bloomberg. Arnold. Or? Yeah. Bless Arnold's heart. We kept having to go back and say, well, they're still not happy. And Arnold's like, what? And I'm like, I don't blame him. I never blame him a bit. Cause I was like, I was ready to go find Amazon headquarters and, you know, drive a truck through their front door myself. So yeah, I, but uh, yeah, we got it. So I, I can, I can imagine I've, I've published exactly one, I think it was a 44, 48 page comic book. And when it went to print, I had to go back and forth with my digital layout guy about six times. So I can't even imagine. Yeah. I mean, they were just talking a simple comic book. This, is, yeah, this has got to be nuts. But it so, looks so good though. Came I out, guess I uh, the next question I would have then is, you know, let's let's help listeners who might be thinking about doing something like this and creating their own book. So let's ask this age old question of looking back. What's a big lesson you've learned that you wish you knew mm. before you started? And uh, that that one can take a second. I'm looking to see whose eyes light up with an Alan looks like he might have already thought of something. <laughs> Alan, what, what do you got? Something that you wish you knew before you started. Count up how many stories you're going to catalog before you actually think about doing it. <laughs> Just so know the scope of what you're doing. Yeah. yeah. Um, and put some boundaries around it because um, uh, the, the scope kept creeping, partly because we kept getting delays because of the publisher, you know, issues and trying to find a new publisher. And we had to stop for a few years. Uh, I've said because uh, Jill was diagnosed with cancer, so we put everything on the back burner and then came back to it like three years later. So there was like a three, four-year gap where we didn't work on it. So during which time, of course, this scope of stuff, we, the list of things had grown. Um, 
So really just figuring out what those boundaries are, what the scope is you're going to cover. Um, what you're not going to cover. What you're not going to cover, yeah. Um, you know, what, know what your limits are. Um, so, I, um, you know, I, I'm not going to give too much away, but I actually pitched another book on Monday, not to you, Van, I'm sorry, to a different publisher. And he came back on Friday and said, great, now can you do an outline? And it's like, oh, now I have to really think what the limits are I actually want to put around this project because, again, it could um, push out. So it uh, doesn't mean the, the project's going to happen, but now I've actually really got to think about, you know, what the boundaries of that project are going to be um, from a research point of view. Uh, and that's the other thing um, is you can go down the research rabbit hole and just never come out. Um, you just got to keep plugging away and finish what you start. Um, so that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, well, Jared, Alan, I was, or, or Van, you, have Van you, made me, you made me think of something I was going to ask too. Uh, and I want to ask this to Alan and Jill, which is, were there things that you looked at and said, let's just don't even include that? Where where did you draw that line? Did what got what is outside the circle? Well, Jared's going to hate the answer to this, but it's video I, games. I don't, yeah, I knew it was coming. <laughs> I, I, I talked over. Go ahead and say it again, Alan. Sorry, yeah, Jared's going to hate this because the answer is video games. Um, because we're not we're not we're not gamers. Um, <laughs> it's a whole other world of Bond. We've got no familiarity with. We could we could have tried and learned and gone through the however many games that are out there. I don't know how many games that are out there, Jared. Um, it's about 40. Yeah. So, you know, um, we, that would have been another two years or whatever of just research and, and getting to know and getting to play games and stuff. And it's not an area that we're – so that and the, um, the the role-playing games, the victory role-playing games, um, we didn't include those. Um, but we've had people who've offered to help us do that and get them on the website. So, you know, th that would be in another area. Um the other thing that was originally in the book um, was we had I'd started um, doing plot summaries of each each story of each of the 271 stories. We did a couple of paragraph plot summary um, under a mission section. But when we printed it out that first time, it came out at 750 pages. Um, so it, and that was a single column, not double column like the final book. But it was still 750 pages like stuff's got to go. So we pulled the mission section out. That's now all on the website. Um, or is, we're starting to put it on the website. So plot summaries of all the movies, uh, the comic strips, uh, all the novels are already on the website. We're starting to add the rest of the comic books. Um, so that's been transferred to the website. And as Jill said, we had to go through and, you know, if it was Bob, the henchman who stood in the corner and, you know, didn't really do anything to advance the plot, then they went as well. And we, we had to be quite ruthless as we were going through and doing the edit as to whether somebody actually deserved an entry or not. Um, and we still ended up with 5,000 entries, but I think we had way more to start with. So uh, We definitely did, and Alan discovered I'm way more ruthless about yeah, that kind of really thing ruthless, than yeah. he is, yeah. Well, good. So you need to have a hatchet man yeah, or hatchet lady <laughs> in this case. Um, and circling that question back to you, Jill, is there anything that you uh, wish you'd known then that you know now? Was there a big experience for, for you as well, or was it just very similar to Alan's? Oh, pretty similar, pretty similar. I, I think I think the, the 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 time that people really have to think about it is the creep, because that's when you're like, we're never going to get this done. There's always going to be something else, um, and that's when we really sat down and discussed those boundaries because it was like we kept waiting and waiting for no time to die to come out, and so that we could. And then you're just like, you just have to stop and be like, no, this is where we're going, because otherwise we could still be waiting to publish it and adding anything else that comes out and that that's when you you feel like you're never going to get anywhere so that would be my main advice is, is put those boundaries around it but if you are gonna add creep you know be aware that you can do it forever okay i think one of, sorry i would say i think one of the best decisions we made was to put up the companion website and decide we're going to put new stuff on there because that actually took a lot of the pressure off yes it's like, okay, you know, we know new stuff's going to get come along, but we've got an outlet for that that isn't going to impact the actual book. Yes. Um, clever, so I clever. think that, that took a, a lot of pressure off. So, yeah. What, what is the boundary for the book? Where does it stop chronologically? Does it end at Spectre or 2020 um, or? It, the beginning, the end of 2019. So the book covers everything from the publication of Casino Royale in 1953 to basically the last Dynamite comic series that was pub finished being published in 2019. There was one that started to be published in 2019, but the run hadn't finished by December. So we left that one out because I count that as a 2020 book. 
Um, so, um, yeah, basically everything from 1953 to the end of 2019. So that's 271 official James Bond stories. Yeah. That's a lot of <laughs> was, was Was there one source that has the most, that you know has the most stuff come from? Probably the Fleming books. Okay. Yeah. Um, I know there's only 40. I know there's more Gardner stuff, more Gardner novels. He wrote the most novels. Um, hmm. um, but I don't think there's as much character or information in those. Um, and then, obviously, there's more of, more comic strips written than anything else. Um, it's like 140-something comic strips. But, again, they don't have the depth of character development or information um, that the Fleming books do. So I think probably the Fleming novels, which when you think about it, it's pretty logical. That's, that's the richest source of, of information. All right, Van question has come back to you, sir, from the publishing side. And you've already talked about how you pulled out some hair <laughs> over formatting. What would you wish that you knew then that you know now from going through this? It might help, you know, a listener who was, who was getting to the meat and potatoes of actually publishing a book. What are some things that you're like, man, if I'd known that beginning, that would have been so much easier. Well, I guess probably because I'm so used to doing everything mostly myself, I probably would have would have sat down virtually with Alan earlier and said exactly what do you want it to look like, how many columns, you know, what kind of font, all the stuff that I just kind of take for granted, all the mechanical stuff. You know, I was thinking more in terms of how we're going to market it how we're going to get it out there, what's the retail and the wholesale going to be. I was thinking more on the business side of it because I wanted to do a good job on that for, for you guys. But I but I, I kind of took for granted some of the technical stuff. And all that that meant was that at the end, we kind of had to go in and, you know, make sure all, all our ducks went in a row. Whereas I think if, if we had known up front, if I'd thought more about it up front, then we wouldn't have we wouldn't have had the kind of frantic you know, tail end. And again, it, 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 it worked out fine. And it's, this is all, this is all, you know, behind the scenes stuff that in no way affects, you know, the experience of the reader. You get this book, you don't know if it took a, you know, it, you don't know anything. You just, it, it looks great. It's done. It's finished. It's beautiful. Um, but yeah, just, you know, I, if, if I'd thought more along the mechanical terms, we just wouldn't, it wouldn't have been as frantic kind of to try to get it done properly at the end, but we did. So it's, it's fine. I, and that's really the only, the only thing I, you know, from my perspective, because they, they did all the work, you know, they get all the credit hundred percent. I'm just there at the tail end trying to get people to buy it. <laughs> all right. So what I've learned and what our listeners have learned who, who might be interested in, in taking a project like this is set boundaries and stick to them early. That's what we've learned from Alan and Jill. And from a publishing point of view from Van, um, get with the creators as soon as possible, get early to mm. determine layouts, fonts and things like that. Meet early and meet often and maybe save yourself a little headache on the back end. Yeah. So I, I like to give a little practical advice to people who are listening who, who maybe be interested in doing something similar to uh, to what Alan and Jill and, and Van have done. And so now I'm, I want to ask the my, my last big question. So if there's any lingering questions that you've got, Van, please, by all means, prepare them. But my last big question of Alan and Jill, when it comes to the Bond lexicon, why? Why did you make it? Because I'm insane. <laughs> <laughs> it's all his fault. Um, like I said, pretty much um, the previous publisher um, had put out those two books, the Planet of the Apes lexicon uh, and the Back to the Future lexicon. And I'm a, uh, well, actually, we're both our suckers for those sort of fictional encyclopedias, encyclopedias of fictional worlds. I think for me, it started with the June Encyclopedia, which I discovered at college not long after I'd read June, which then covered, you know, six books and was like, whoa, blew my little geek mind that people would do things like that, crazy projects like that. Um, you know, there's the the Batman Encyclopedia. That's the one. Yep. That's the exact <laughs> it's one. Right, yeah. by, it's right behind me where I'm sitting. Isn't that crazy? Um, so that's that's the reason. That book, the June Encyclopedia, is basically <laughs> led eventually to the James Bond lexicon. Um, I, I love that sort of sort of books. Um, we've got loads of them, and Jill likes them too. Um, you've got a couple of Agatha Christie mm-hmm. um, themed ones. Um, we've got the Batman ones. We've got an Arthurian Legends one. I'm just looking across at the shelf here. We've got a Myth and Legends one. Terry we've Pratchett. We've got a Terry Pratchett one, which or uh, Discworld one, I guess more well, accurately. No, we've got a Wills of Terry Pratchett, which I actually contributed a couple of uh, entries for. Um, and there's a four volume comics through time one that was done by a university, which I contributed to. So um, already steeped in this idea of, uh, you know, these, these 
pop culture encyclopedia lexicons. I just love them. Um, so that it was literally an email to Rich, the, the original publisher, saying, love the other books. How about doing one on James Bond? And, you know, he, he was crazy enough to come back and say, yeah, that'd be great. Um, so and um, to be honest, sorry, I didn't mean to. No, I was going to say, and and my, my input came about because I've edited most of Alan's work. Um, and he was like, well, you've put so much work into the others. Maybe this is one time you should actually get some credit on the cover. Um, and at the beginning, it was just like Alan split up what we were going to do. And I was like, yes, sir. Um, because really? because no, I didn't. No. I didn't really, you know, I She's didn't know. She's never said yes, sir, in 40 years. <laughs> I didn't really know what was out there, so I wouldn't have been able to come up with the suggestion of who does what. Um, but it actually worked out really well, what we did. It, 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 was, it was very complimentary of who did what, and it worked out really well. Um, but it was all definitely driven by Alan's passion for Bond and all things geeky. But I, other than the Agatha Christie geek who's sat next well, to me. Well, yeah, that too. Um, but I will say one of the other things that sort of drove it and drove the idea of even pitching it originally was, you know, there, there is already some uh, James Bond encyclopedias, uh, particularly Jay Rubin's excellent one, um, but that just it covers the movies. There's a great book on Ian Fleming novels that, you know, goes into ex- – detail about each of the Ian Fleming novels, tries to work out a timeline. You know, if you want to know how to play the bridge game from uh, Moonraker, it sort of goes into a hand-by-hand, you know, description of of how that bridge game comes out. So there's an excellent book on Fleming. Um, But there was nothing covering anything else. And while those Fleming and the movies are the tentpoles of the Bond franchise, they're not the complete Bond franchise. There's so much else there. Um, So what we wanted to do was really give a venue where we could talk about and introduce people to all the great characters that are in the continuation novels, in the comics, um, you know, 65 episodes of James Bond Jr., um, you know, whatever. But th- there is this much broader franchise out there that people just didn't have access to information about all these other characters and situations and gadgets and locations and stuff that are mentioned in the rest of it. So the idea was, you know, let's do something. I wanted something on the shelf that I could pull off the shelf, you know, and, you know, you know how many hotel? What hotels has James Bond stayed in? I, you know, I wanted to be able to do that. What champagnes does Bond drink? You know, I wanted I wanted something on the shelf that I could pull off or heard a character mentioned. Who is that guy? What's his backstory? So uh, you know, they always say you know write the book that you want to read yourself, and so that's why because I wanted the James Bond lexicon for myself. Um, so, and Jill was kind enough to go along on the for the ride as well. <laughs> I think I know what's happening. I think I, I've read between the lines here and I figured out what the true answer is. <laughs> and it and it came to me as you were telling that story, Alan, of why you did it. You know, I've been working, as you mentioned, on the video games documentary, James Bond and Video Games uh, audio documentary here on the podcast. And it, it made me realize that when I go to play these games, I tell my wife, hey, this is something I'm working on. This is something I'm working on. <laughs> well, that's why you did it. Like, I got to watch all these movies. Yeah. Right, maybe not. Maybe the James Bond Jr. thing was a little more work than <laughs> I got to reread these books and watch these movies. And, and now it's work and a project. <laughs> yeah, always. Yes. <laughs> well, those were my big questions. Van, you got any questions that uh, I have overlooked that we need answers on? Well, Jared, my life has been a particularly interesting story. <laughs> <laughs> uh... Oh, you would. <laughs> I was hoping you'd make that noise. When I said that. <laughs> No, you know, it's funny talking about why I, why I was excited about this is that, um, you know, go all the way back to college. I actually contributed entries to a to the Encyclopedia of Sport in American Culture, this book that was being done academically. And that was neat. And I remember uh, being given the book of lists when I was a little kid and found it fascinating. So I was always kind of into this kind of reference thing. And then, like I said, we did um, two whole books on the Avengers and um, and then on I've done two working on two more on Auburn football, which is the same kind of geekery, different topic. But it's still the same thing about get digging into the arcane knowledge and explaining what it is and why it's cool and everything. So, yeah, I, I, I to me, I'm like, this is an absolute no brainer. There's so many Bond fans that are going to want to know all this stuff. Why would why would we not, you know, want to help put this thing out there and get people give that opportunity to, to, to have it and to read it and to, cause, and, it, and it's such a cool thing too, because like you said, I mean, some people will look things up in it 
and that's fine. But others will sit down and go page one, okay, and just start going. <laughs> you know, birds like us. Yeah, of course. That's, you know, and so it's so it's got multiple uses. Honestly, it's got multiple ways of getting into it, and and I, and I also think it's it's you know any really big book can be intimidating. But I've always had a soft spot for books that you could pick up and open to any page and start there. And there's something cool. And because, you know, you guys said you included enough context in every entry that you don't have to have read 30 pages prior to something to know what you're talking about. Each thing stands on its own. That is excellent. And so, yeah, I mean, I just think everything about this is so um, is so attractive and, and needed, you know, that I'm I'm glad to have had some small part in, in getting it out there because I think people are really going to love it. And, and I think so far every bit of feedback, at least that I've seen has been really, really good, except for, for, for one interesting person who thought there should be a narrative to it. I'm like, so if you pick up the dictionary or an encyclopedia, do you really get a narrative there? Really? Honestly, <laughs> do you really, I don't think so. I think that it's the problem is not with the book, sir, but with the reader in that case. But uh, other than that, and everybody seems to think it's wonderful. And then, but that's because it is. Yeah, I, it's <laughs> not like the word lexicon wasn't on the front cover. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you who I, I'm waiting on is the, is the people who are like, well, actually, in your book, you say Bond was close to the oh, border of we, Switzerland when he was clearly two kilometers <laughs> closer to France. We, we, <laughs> We've, we've had one of those already. We've already those, right. those people are always out there. Yeah, we've had we've had a very interesting thread on uh, on Facebook that started off because somebody was like, "Well, in the James Bond legacy, can they talk about how um, Admiral Hargreaves uh, became M?" And they stated it as a fact, and I'm like, "Well, it's just our opinion." But boy, did it start a huge thread on Facebook that got actually it was it was very polite and very wow. detailed, but it was a heck of a discussion. And it's wow. like just don't get wrapped around the axle about that stuff. It was just our opinion. If you've got a different opinion, Keep that's it. fine. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. so yeah, I was going to say you really do want to start with actually knowing what the entry code for Warfield Academy, the school, the gate at Warfield Academy, the school that James Bond Jr. attended. Um, you start there, and then you work your way all the way through to Valentin Sikorsky, um, and you'll be good. Um, <laughs> we, we've actually heard a lot of uh, from, from quite a few people who's exactly what Van said, who basically have said they've just kept it on their desk or, or by the side of them and just occasionally open it and flick to a page at random and read through and go, oh, I didn't know that, um, which is cool. I, I, I love that, um, to hear people doing that. So. I, I, I've just... Bolt of lightning. I want to do something super fun right now because it looks like you're patting the book off screen there. You have it right there with you? No, I was actually just passing, passing the cat, but yeah. No, uh -huh, yeah, there's the book. So here's what I want to do. I know there's an entry in there for one of my very favorite non-characters, which is Green 4. Would you read the Green 4 entry for me? Sorry, for for what? Green 4. Green 4. Hang on. I'm, I'm cheating slightly because what I'm going to do is actually go to the PDF Oh yeah. Uh, use the search function rather than flick through 430 pages and find it. He probably has a real name I didn't even know about. <laughs> oh, Green Four. Yeah. Uh, He's got to have an entry. I, got to. You know what? You're going to prove me wrong now, and he's actually not going to have an entry under that. Oh, name. we'll cut this part out then. <laughs> we, we will. We'll, we'll edit this right out. Got to have an entry. Well, I guess one word. No. One he word. does not. You, you're word. talking about the guy at uh, at the Bladen Safe House. Yeah, yeah, well, you know what? It, it may be valid to actually discuss this and leave, leave this in because he doesn't really move the story forward. He just he has a fight with a guy in the kitchen. No, I know. But what he does is um, I'm not I think he's got a name that's not other than Green Four. I think he's got a code name. So I'm just doing a quick flick through Bladen Safe House. I got Maxim McCall at Bladen Safe House. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Uh, milk bottle grenades, uh, Range Rover, uh, the uh, make of the electric milk float that Necros stole, uh, the registration of the milk float, uh, the registration of the helicopter. No, that's, that's it. it. That's it. No. Ah, we may have oh, I missed him. Okay. We need to add an entry on the, uh, we need to add an entry on the website. Green four is missing. Okay. Uh, seriously, <laughs> seriously, man, we could chop that right out. We're, 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 no, I, that, I actually think that's a perfect – I'd leave it in because I actually think it's a great example of we couldn't get everything in. And I actually do put a note in the beginning of the book that if we missed your favorite henchman, I'm sorry. 
Oh, okay. So <laughs> I don't know what to do with myself. Green four, greatest fist fight in James Bond history that didn't even involve James Bond. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Yeah. All right. Van, what do you want? What do you want Alan to look up for you? <laughs> oh boy. Unexpected. Um how about the uh what what do you say? What do you? I'm really curious. What you say about Kissy Suzuki in You Only Live Twice? Ah, well, actually, she's not in as Kissy Suzuki. That's a good point. Um, she's in as just Kissy rather than Kissy Suzuki. So she's under K and not S because okay. we've done it last name first name. So okay. Kissy Suzuki in the book is under Suzuki, comma Kissy, but in, okay. but in the um, the movie version is. Um, only under Kissy because they ne- she never they never give her, her a name in the movie. Oh, okay. uh, they never say her name. She's yeah, really terrible treatment of a of a character of any character. Never mind a female character. They literally never mention her name uh, in the movie. Um, but in the credits, she's just down as just Kissy, not Kissy Suzuki. So there she's in the book okay. as just just Kissy. So I, I think actually actually give her an example that as an example in the beginning of the book as to how we organized it as to why you may find. Um, odd places like uh, Kareem Bay. Mm-hmm. Um, Bay is actually an honorific in Turkey. It's like San in Japan. So his name is not Kareem Bay. His name is Ali Kareem. So oh. he's in the book under Kareem slash uh, comma Ali. But in the comic book, in the comic strip, they actually name the character Kareem first name Bay last name. So there is an entry for Kareem Bay, but that's not the guy from the movie. That's the guy from the comic strip. The guy from the movie is Ali Kareem. So, <laughs> this, is, this is a good example of some of the headaches you run into trying to organize something that, yeah, that yeah. causes multiple multimedia. Yeah, it yeah. is. Yeah. Wow. Um, and the other, the other thing is, um, that, and I have no idea why, um, but on in the movies they would change the name of the characters by one letter, spelling of one letter. Um, so Honey Rider in the novel, and I'm gonna, hopefully I get this the right way around. Honey Rider in the novel is R-I-D-E-R, and Honey Rider in the movie is R-Y-D-E-R, wow, yeah. and actually also Sebastian Vettel's Aston Martin race car, but that's a, <laughs> <laughs> spelt with a Y. But in the book, it's spelt with an I. Um, same with the Masterson sisters. In the book, it says the Masterton sisters. Uh, so and doing the cross-referencing, you've got to make sure that you're referencing the right spelling of the right version of the character. So, yeah, those were some of the the, the, the headaches of putting this together, of doing the editing. I got to tell you right now, if if Auburn football had comics and movies and novels, I, there wouldn't be an Auburn book for me. <laughs> <That's just laughs> too, too complicated, man. I'm, I'm very uh, – I'm, I'm even – I have even more admiration for the job you guys did now that I realize – even more what you had to contend with like that. Wow. That's, that's something. So. Yeah. Which is why, I, I, you know, we've said on a couple of the interviews and in the book, you know, th- these are our, this is our interpretation of some of that conflict. It's our interpretation of the continuity. If it doesn't yeah. match with yours, fine, but it, it, it's, it's, you know, what we came up with. Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> and not everybody's going to agree with the decisions we made, which is, which is fine. That's just how it is. Yeah. Well, all right. Any final thoughts as we bring to a close? We'll get final thoughts and then we'll remind our listeners where to get this stuff. So final thoughts. You know what, Van, final thoughts from you get to go first. No, I'm just glad that it's, it's out there and and um, that people are liking it. And obviously they would because it's a brilliant, brilliant work. It's so well done. It's beautiful. The the You know, we talked very briefly about the illustrations, but I mean, their illustrations on so many pages. They are fantastic. I was blown away by them. I mean, when I, when Alan first showed me some of the illustrations, I'm like, man. And then you realize the work that they did, it, you know, in, in other words, everything about it is top notch because the the work that they did over those years really shows through. And then that art is fantastic. It, it's an A plus plus production from one end to the other. There's no weakness to it. So, except I guess me, I'm the weakness. <laughs> <laughs> not at all. Not at all. No, I don't uh, agree would, with that. We would never have seen the light of day without you, Van, and for that we will always be eternally grateful. grateful. Yes. yes. Thank uh, you. Jillian, final thoughts? Final thoughts? Um, just kind of glad it, like, glad it's out there. Glad that all the hard work we put in actually had a point. And, um, you know, how good it looks. 
I still find it crazy that it's a book out there with my name on the cover. Um, that's still quite a kick. Um, but yeah, it just all that work we put in, it's nice to know when other people are looking at it that they appreciate the amount of work that went into it. Alan? Um, yeah, I would say the best thing so far is just the, the feedback where people have actually said to us either in email or social media or on a podcast when they've just said thank you for thank you for putting the book together and putting it out there. Um, that means the world. Uh, yeah. So. Awesome stuff. Awesome stuff. Um, I'll go back to you, Van. You're the publisher. Where can people find this book? Well, probably the easiest way is just go to Amazon and search for the James Bond lexicon. Uh, but all, and, and it should come up. It's also, if you go to www.whiterocketbooks.com, it's like the, obviously the main featured thing on our website right now. And the cool thing too, if you, if you go to whiterocketbooks.com, you can link right through, there's a big picture of the cover there. You can link right through to order it, but there's also a permanent, I think, player for um, the podcast and everything and, and can take you to where you can hear the Honor Majesty Secret Podcast. Though if you're listening to this, you already know, but people that don't. So <laughs> so everything's kind of you know connected there. So but Amazon has it and, and it'll be out and it's available. I think you know bookstores if they don't have it already can order it for you if you want to go that route. So and I think it's 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 currently um, uh, diffusing out through the various outlets yeah. beyond there. So Yes, I was just going to add to that. Yes, it is. Uh, it's starting to show up on some of the independent uh, bookstore networks, uh, mm-hmm. online networks, and some of the independent stores ordering systems. We are trying to keep a list. Uh, if you go to the uh, book page on jamesbondlexicon.online, um, we keep a list of all the active link- links to ordering links to the book as we find them. Um, so, Because uh, I know there are some people who don't want to use Amazon, and so we're, we're putting up as many of the alternatives as we can find. There you have it. And remind everybody once more, Alan, about the Companion website. What's that web address one more time? So for the 27th time, the Companion website is jamesbondlexicon.online. There you go. Get your additional information, um, alternate places to order the book. It's all right there. I want to thank Alan, Jillian, and Van for being here on their own network. (laughs) (laughs) Talking about something a little different for once. So, Thank you guys for being here. I want to remind all of our listeners to go snag a copy of this book. There's a real good chance that you can catch uh, Alan and Jillian at SpyCon this year in Atlanta. So keep your eye on that. Fingers uh, crossed. Yeah, yeah fingers crossed. Uh, that'd be a great place to get some autographs from them, by the way, if you want that sort of thing. So that would be in October. Just look up SpyCon Atlanta on your uh, internet surfing device and you'll find that so thanks again you guys for being here and that's all i got dan you got anything else before we leave no thank you for uh hosting us and for uh being a great uh mc for us today appreciate it no problem then we will catch everybody on another episode bye everyone Bye. bye This has been a White Rocket Entertainment production.